Pedro Pascal, the podcast about Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Pedro Pascal, not Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Oh my it god. It's the same. <laughs> I tried. I tried. I couldn't do both at once. Hey guys, welcome to Pedro Pascal, the Pedro Pascal podcast. I'm Katrina, your host. Oh my gosh, I'm Rachel. Oh my god, we have an all new recap of The Last of Us. Ka- Katrina didn't even introduce. So, so. Um, if you guys didn't understand that, uh, we were making fun of the SNL voice uh, that Pedro Pascal did where he was in a coma, but we just said, Welcome to Pedro Pascal, a Pedro Pascal podcast. I'm your co host, Rachel. And I'm your other co host, Katrina. <laughs> we're here can you can you say uh to recap the last of us again but in that accent because that was pretty good oh we're here to recap the latest episode of the last of us kin so we're here for episode six of the last of us season one titled kin mm-hmm. don't know what that's about not yet anyway we'll, i mean we'll i know- hope that our viewers would know because there are going to be a lot of a lot of spoilers in this recap so if you don't know Please pause this and go watch the episode and then come back because then you would know. We should do one that is just bleeping out every time we say a spoiler. Yeah. To add more to Ashley's plate, do an episode where we bleep out every spoiler. (laughs) All of our spoilers will be said in LA Mushmouth. And it's just horse, and then the horse went away. Hope you all got that. And that was Pedro Pascal. Thanks. Katrina, how are you? I'm doing pretty great, honestly. Had a great little weekend. Uh, the boy and, and another friend came into town. We uh, I, I showed them around LA, and we had cool adventures. And we went to a battleship, and um, it was so cool. So cool. So nice. So cool. God. We didn't like an escape room. It was great. Oh, escape room. We gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> the captions are gonna be off the charts. Unintelligible. It's just gonna be like a bunch of words that we actually didn't say. <laughs> yeah, but we, I think they maybe said this. That's why you can't trust AI. They can't follow our LA Mushmouth. Yeah, LA Mushmouth, too smart for AI. Let's see AI do that. Let's <laughs> see AI do the LA Mushmouth. That'd be bad. That'd be bad. Not a challenge. Let's just let's 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 forget that happened. Let's forget I said that. <laughs> oh my, I'm fine. Um, in case anyone cares out there, I going care. To, going to LA soon. Mm-hmm. With my mother. Take her to an award show. Very cool. And hopefully say hi to Ryan Johnson and be like, hi, sir. Thank you for Mm -hmm. all of your work. I appreciate it greatly. It is my favorites. Tell him to put Pedro on Poker Face Season 2. Listen. Pretty please. I would cry. Put him in Poker Face and, like, if you wanted to put him in the third Knives Out movie, I would take it. But Poker Face, I feel like, is more his vibe. Absolutely. Absolutely. He can do a murder. He can do, he do, he can do a little murder. 
Why not? He, he could be Everyone's the always murderer. murdering him. Why doesn't he get to do a little murder? He can do a murder. He can be murder. Murder. He can do a little murder. He can get murder sometimes. But he murder, murder, murder. He's gonna murder, murder. He's gonna. And oh my god, I got murder. I got murder. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So guys, uh, we're here <laughs> with another episode. Um. Producer Ashley did say Joel does some murdering. To be fair, yeah. Fair. Ah, oh, Joel, murder. <laughs> um. Before we get into the episode, we're gonna do a little news. The news is simply that Pedro Pascal is on Seth Meyers. Um. He's been hanging around here places. I don't know. I keep just seeing pictures, and I'm like, hey, guys, that's not where I live. I'm not going and finding him. <laughs> he can come hang out in my neighborhood if he wants, but I'm not going anywhere special. He was on Seth Meyers recently, and Seth Meyers, you know, also SNL legend, um, was talking about the Mushmouth, which is what has reignited us doing the Mushmouth. Um, and mm. so here's a, here's a quick little clip. So in five seconds, don't yell at us, NBC. I can't believe it does. <laughs> it was like my favorite one. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. I can't believe it does. Um, yeah, so if you guys hear us start just talking like boss, I want to talk about the last of us. It's not our fault. <laughs> um, it's a dick thing. Katana. Oh my god, what what's 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 up, Rachel? What's happening? Katara. Rachel. What are your thoughts? I sound like Anna Delphi. What are your thoughts? <laughs> um the last of us episode sucks. Um I was like it was a pretty good episode. Honestly, it was it was good. It was really great. Um there are a lot of uh themes that I'm excited to highlight uh in this episode and um, it was a really, really, really good Joel episode. Like, I mean, I think I've said this before, but Pedro put his whole Pedro scene into this episode. <laughs> I do want to just point out the producer Ashley in the chat said, bless you, Katrina, with for what I'm assuming is Katrina dropping the mush mouth accent <laughs> only for Katrina. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you i uh i, 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 I aim to be your favorite south, ashley for it to go south so fast <laughs> yeah but this is this is a really great episode uh i was uh i'm excited for the returning characters for the new characters oh <laughs> ashley said no contest to her favorite in the chat so i'm about to cause some chaos just just have... hold on we're getting we're getting a new banner oh wait my goodness i'm no one's favorite in this world new banner incoming katrina is producer ashley's favorite officially no contest great no contest <sighs> whatever <laughs> everyone's favorite in the afterlife oh my god you're I, gonna murder me i can't believe i died <laughs> <laughs> all right anyways back to this episode you were saying <laughs> yeah great very emotional episode uh i i really like the commune in this episode like i kind of want to live there even though it's in a post-apocalyptic world which i totally wouldn't want to normally live in but like you know if i had to choose between where we are right now in like that little town where like they have little fun movies and they have like power and electricity and stuff and everybody's got a house a house 
By the way, house. everyone full has house. a whole house, entire house. Not, Not just apartment. like some people have apartments. It's a house. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was a, there uh, was an abandoned house just available. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. A house for free. Yeah, a hundred percent. I would live there. I'm 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 um, in my thirties, man. Like that's where my priorities lie. It, like if I get a house, that's that's incredible for me. If I find a free house, I would absolutely again. live in the apocalypse. If I got a free house obviously yes would only live if it was free in the apocalypse yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't want to pay Um, a mortgage on my apocalypse house that just seems very silly that's that's silly to who a mortgage to who the zombies sorry they're not zombies i talk about it all the time that they're not zombies the infected Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (sighs) well i'm going to look for a house and your property manager has gotten infected is the bloater dang it my realtor (laughs) the bloater is just like Crown molding. French doors. A lower price? No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine, actually. Breakfast nook or French doors? So this episode starts right when the last one left off. So, you know, depression. Because Henry and Sam just died. And Joel finished burying them. And Ellie was like, let's go. I'm at respect. Ellie said, get me the fuck out of here. I'm ready to go. And so they're like, here we go. We're trying to find Tommy. They're always like, I, if I was Joel Miller, I would be singing the Who's Tommy mm-hmm. all the time. I'd be like, Tommy, can you hear me? That's not how it goes. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Much like the song. Power Rangers, Tommy is a central sun- subject for this episode. So. Joel has yeah. to go. Joel, Joel is like the Red Ranger in this situation. <laughs> and Tommy in this situation is the Green Ranger again. Yeah, um, I mean, and they have to go find Tommy just like in the Power Rangers. Exactly like that, actually. Yeah, exact comparison. They go to this house in the middle of like fucking nowhere. And this nice little couple is just hanging out away from the apocalypse. And it's really funny because they're just chilling. His wife is chilling and the husband comes home. And Joel is like trying to ask them serious questions. And neither of these people take him seriously. Ellie is like pulling some dumb shit. And she's like, I got downstairs. And then he's like, no. And it's just chaos <laughs> in such a fun little way. Because she, no one is acting as if Joel is serious. They're like, oh, okay. Before we go any further, I will say it it has been three months since the last yes. episode in this one. So for it three months, Joel and Ellie right after Yeah. And getting a little bit closer and living with each other every day. And yeah, and they run into this couple that just like doesn't take them seriously. <laughs> I do like like the wife, the husband is like, Did you tell him the truth? And she's like, Yes. And he goes, Are you telling me the truth? And she was like, Yes. <laughs> And then he called, I think he calls Joel like a boy or Sonny or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, I've been living out here before you were born, Sonny. I'm like, you're not that much older than Joel. Joel is 50-something. Like, maybe he's just got a really good skincare routine and he's fooling you. Like <laughs> Joel is 56 years old. You're not that much. There's no way you're that much older than him. 
He's like, but I've lived in the wilderness forever. I said that happens to me all the time, time, though. Like, 45-year-olds be like, well, this is before your time. And it's like, no, no, it, it wasn't, sir. Um, you're 45, relax. You're like, not that, not that much older than me. Just because you used a phone with a cord and you think I didn't. I used a phone with a very long cord. So there you go. Yeah, mine I know what a no longer cord is. I, I had a Walkman. I know what they did. They skipped. Um, they skipped music. Uh, yeah. the CD player generation and not the tape deck generation. Mm. A little bit extra. Anyway, yeah, kids, I'm, I'm, th- there you go. Now you know how old I am. Um, <laughs> talk about mortgages and CD players. Oh, yeah. They're, like, trying to essentially find out where they are in comparison to, like, where they need to be to find Tommy. And f- from what I gather, Joel is just, like, he's somewhere around here. Because... He tells this guy he's looking for his brother, and he goes, "I never saw him." He goes, "You don't know what he looks like." He goes, "I assume he looks like you." Joel was like, <laughs> "Yeah." He's like, "I've not seen him." Um, but they eventually lead to these people on horses, <laughs> and people on horses are like, "This dog can smell it on you if you're infected." Mm-hmm. And basically, they're going through this whole thing. Joel's, t- well, wait, before we move on, panic attack number one happened. Yes. Yeah. So Joel has like a full blown panic attack. Um, this is like the first of of what may be like the start of many. But uh, but this is like panic one attack. of those few like visibly like relatable panic attacks like it's a big it's a big thing um and this is something that like you don't really get in the game you don't see this in the game um but it it lends to the fact that like he's been with ellie for three months they've been bonding for three months like and it's starting to dawn on him that like like he has accepted this person into his life as his family and the what that triggers is uh his his fear of loss um his fear of the fact that like if i bring this person in as my daughter like you know i've already lost my daughter i've lost my child can i lose another child um Mm -hmm. and and we talked a little bit about like those brushes with that emotion in the past few episodes but like this is the first one where it like really shocks him and weighs on him and he gets like heart palpitations from it and yeah, it's a, a huge level of stress and anxiety that like you don't see portrayed very well on TV. It was like the Ted Lasso level of like anxiety treatment, mm-hmm. but in the post-apocalypse, like that is the best way of just describing it. Like you can see the like, the clear triggers throughout the episode. So like in this one, it is that no one was afraid of him in that situation. Granted, no one needed to be like. Yeah, those those two weren't going to do anything to him or Ellie. And Ellie, I think, could kind of sense like, hey, neither of these two are going to hurt us. Like, this is fine. He like didn't have control over the situation and didn't know what what was going to happen. And so that triggers kind of the first panic attack that we get to see, mm-hmm. um, which is like he goes outside and Ellie's essentially like, don't die. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like standing on a fence. And so then. They go walking, they find all these people on a horse, and they have this dog, and the dog can reportedly sniff out if you're infected or not. And so Joel is just, like, panicking because the entire time he's standing there, he's like, if that dog smells her, it's going to, like, attack her. Mm -hmm. And, like, 
you can kind of like everything around him gets kind of like muffled and it ends up being fine like the dog doesn't do anything their best friends her and the dog by the end of the scene yeah but like it still kind of like freaks him out it's uh it's actually it's kind of funny because like you see all of this like tension in joel and then like the next second you hear ellie like laughing and giggling with the dog so yeah it is revealed he says I think it's Maria. I can't remember who asks, but one of them asks what his name is. Yeah, Maria. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she realizes, oh, shit, this is Tommy's brother. Mm -hmm. And so they go back to Jackson, which is really kind of like Katrina said, I would love to live there. It's just one of those places where, like, it seems nice. Yeah. I like when the the plans make it out of the group chat because like, you know, you've got your group chats where it's like, we should just start a commune. We should just buy a big piece of land and start a commune there. And, and it's like, you know, the the plans made it out of the GC year. And I was like, yeah, they made a whole town. Um, But it is. So for those who haven't played the game, one of the major changes was the relationship between Joel and Tommy, because in the game, they're very mad at each other. Well, Joel is more mad at Tommy than Tommy is mad at Joel. But it is uh, Tommy became one of the Fireflies and like got in with the Fireflies. And Joel was like, nope, we're done. Bye. Mm-hmm. We're not, I, like, I don't agree with what you're doing. I don't like this. And so the two fought. And so it made less sense in the game how they ended up finding each other again. Where at least in the show, it is established that he knew his brother was in Montana. He knew... Sorry, Wyoming. Montana's Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knew his brother was in Wyoming. Just um, a little different. Just a little different. Um, he knew his brother was in Wyoming. He knew, uh, like, kind of where. Like, he wasn't sure, but he knew, like, the last place that they had had contact. So he could kind of, like, map out around that. Where in the game, it's like, they weren't talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, uh luck of the draw you found your brother again i will say it made for the reunion of tommy and joel a lot more kind of sentimental and sweet in the show versus the game where you're just like i don't know how the two of you found each other happy for you though but like i don't know how that worked out mm-hmm. but in the show they like the whole time joel's like i need to find my baby brother make sure he's okay i need to make sure he's okay so when they do get to see each other and tommy is like living in this town and like thriving it's like it is also bittersweet because it's like they're so excited to see each other he's like oh my god this is my brother but it's also kind of like this is my brother who very clearly decided to not contact me and live in this town instead mm-hmm. it's interesting like I, I i again i'm just gonna note like pedro's acting in this episode is like top tier because you see these emotions like fluctuate and range so dramatically but the flow of it is so natural you know like it's it's relatable to have like your extreme highs when you see someone you haven't seen in a long time like he yells out tommy and his voice strains and then once everything cools and sets in like there's the skepticism there's the anger there's the bitterness of like why didn't you contact me because you were living in this like sweet ass commune and and you didn't call me like you know yeah yeah it's some real like oh i'm sorry was i not important enough for you to call me up but it is one of those things where like when you learn more about it because i think maria is the one that says like 
we can't have contact people because if people find this out, like the Raiders are going to come. Right. So we keep it very under wraps. And so it's like, it makes sense. Like, I understand why she would be like, you pick me or you get contacting your brother with the radio. Mm-hmm. And I think Tommy probably knew deep down, like, if Joel didn't hear from him, Joel would find a way to come and find him. So, like, he wouldn't, that wouldn't be the last time he talked to his brother. It's kind of one of those, like, I get both sides. Like, I understand Joel's anger in the situation, yeah. but I also understand why Tommy was like, I'm not going to sacrifice someone I love and this life I found just to try and tell my brother I'm okay and to come here. Like, I think he'll do it. Like, I understand kind of both of their motivations. Once they get in Jackson Hole and they kind of calm down, it is Maria. Tommy, Joel, and Ellie, they're all sitting and eating. They're in, like, this cafeteria, which I absolutely love because it looks like a barbecue place you could go in anywhere in the United States. hmm Like, there are restaurants like this in New York City. Like, you can go to a barbecue place that looks like this. I really do like just, like, the look of this. And I, I did show that screen grab in particular because that is a big theory. I wrote about it today on the Mary Sue. Not to plug my own work. Um, it is a big theory that in that moment is actually Dina, who is important. If you know part two of the game, Neil Druckmann and uh, Craig Mazin refuse to confirm it Mm -hmm. on their podcast. They are being little sneaks. Yeah. But this is also an episode where we meet, uh, Shimmer who becomes, um, Ellie's horse in the second game as well. So Shimmer is like a little foal in this one. She's just been born and so it wouldn't be that far yeah little baby um it wouldn't be that far of a stretch for that to also be dina you know yeah when i think in part two there's also a hint that like the first time they actually meet wasn't when ellie thinks they meet it was that moment but or it's like something similar enough that you're like oh is that her but we don't know um but the whole let's all eat together is to reveal that maria is actually tommy's wife Mm mm-hmm um, played by Rotina Wesley. Last of Us, I'm warning you now, do better by her than Drew Blood did. God, yeah. I'm telling you to do better by Rotina Wesley. Man. I do not need another Tara situation. I don't think you'll do it with The Last of Us, but I'm just letting you know. Rotina Wesley plays Maria, who Joel was like, oh, excuse me, Maria, can we have a family conversation? And that's when Tommy decides to be like, well... Surprise! <laughs> my wife. Like, it's like, hey, Tommy, you could have done that in such a better way, dude. Mm-hmm. Such a better way of just of telling your brother that you got married. It, there's just a lot of information all dropped on Joel in this episode, where like Ellie kind of gets a taste of what society was sort of like. Mm-hmm. Um, she asks, she goes, "Is this what it was like?" And Joel's like, "No." But she gets an idea of kind of like Maria kind of takes her under her wing so Joel and Tommy can go talk. She gets her to a house. She gets her a shower. She gives her um, a diva cup, Mm -hmm. which is really nice because it's like I like that the show is making it obvious. Like, yeah, that's something you kind of have to think about. Gives her all of this in a new in uh, the house Um, as Maria's cutting or like before Maria starts cutting her hair. Ellie sees on the mantle two, like, memoriams, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so Maria says something. She goes, oh, did you do this to your kids? And she corrects her and says, kid. She goes, oh, I assumed Sarah. And that is when Ellie realizes that Joel had a daughter named Sarah that she knows nothing about. It, it's so fascinating because she has such, like, a childish reaction to it. Because you can tell, like, her 
so throughout the episode, she is kind of mad at Joel um, and then continues to find, hear Joel say things and find things out and has like a childish reaction to it. But in a way that you're like, yeah, she's 14. Of course, that's how she's reacting to all of this. Because asking her to think logically about it is not, it's a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really like how the show kind of does that because it's, you could so easily just make it be like, Ellie go, yeah, no, I get it. It's fine. And then like have Joel come around, but it's no, she's a kid. She's going to lash out at him and flip out. And then that's kind of what wakes him up into being like, yeah, I, I fucked up. Maria, Ellie are in one little section. They're having a convo. And then there's Tommy and Joel, who, um, they're just talking about life. Joel's crying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, this is, this is the scene that, like, I think is one of the best in the episode. Because, you know, Tommy reveals there that, like, he's going to be a father. And, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, Joel, the reason he reveals that is because Joel breaks down in front of him and says, like, I can't. He's basically saying I can't live. Well, that was like this. That was after. So this is remember. So remember in the bar they get in a fight. That's right. Yeah. yeah, Because he finds out and he's just like mad at him. And Mm there he's basically like Tommy and him fight like like siblings do, Mm -hmm. and says to him like I'll be gone in the morning. And and they like have one of those fights. And then later when everyone else is watching a movie, Joel and Tommy have like a heart to heart, and that's when Joel is just like sobbing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. this episode really serves to, like, bring the weight down on Joel. Because when we meet him, he's, like, he's turned off his emotions. Like, mm-hmm. it's easy. It's his way to survive. You know, he's, he's wheeling and dealing. He's uh, not letting his emotions, like, rule him to a point where, like, he's so detached from humanity. You see him throw a child's body into the fire with, like, no remorse, no problem. Whereas other people cannot do that. And now we've gotten to this Joel months later who is afraid of losing his daughter again. He's afraid of reliving it. And you see this happen like and build throughout the episode because he has he has that moment when he's like watching the crowd in front of the Christmas tree and he sees a girl mm-hmm. with hair like Sarah's and he sees that woman have a child run up to him. And one of the things in the the extras uh, for this episode that that they like talked about that that Pedro talked about was that like this is Joel seeing the life he could have had you know a, a grandchild uh, Sarah still alive and happy and thriving and then the girl turns around it's not Sarah um, so she she plays like a huge role in this episode without actually being being alive and uh, mm-hmm. and so does Tess Tess is kind of well Tess is not what breaks him uh, what breaks him is like. Tommy getting a happy life when Joel realizes that he has kind of ruined those chances for himself by being so kind of bogged down by everything that he did lose. Because when he's asked about Tess, he tells Tommy she's fine. Yeah. Um, and then it takes like when he's ha- in the middle of just like sobbing and telling Tommy everything and he's talking about like how he can't take Ellie because he realized like multiple times he would just freeze and he didn't know what to do. And he's like, I can't lose her like that. Like, I can't do that to her. She's too important. What is interesting is like, I think he's, he think he's still thinking like, oh, she's too important to like humanity and Mm -hmm. not kind of understanding that that means she's important. She's actually important to him. 
But he is just like, no, I have this mission. And mm-hmm. not fully unpacking everything. Um, but Ellie hears. And she's really mad at Joel. And they're in this bedroom. Um, and they have a fight. Before we keep talking about The Last of Us, my best friend's boyfriend, Andy, who I do love, today sent me this. And let me read you. It says, you've probably already seen this, but in case you haven't, and I need to show you what he thinks I've already seen. It says, the lust of ass. (laughs) This man said, you've probably already seen this. Wow. That's the booty the booty. I've not seen it, but I do think it's funny that he said <laughs> you've probably already seen the. No, uh, it's now on my story, but no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so anyways, back to The Last of Us when everyone's crying. So Joel and Ellie get a fight. They're like, not really. Um, they get an altercation of emotions because Ellie overhears Joel basically... In her eyes, pawning her off. In Joel's eyes, it's protecting her because he's like, I can't protect her. Like, I'm I'm bad at it. I can't. My brain is not saying protect. It's too, it's freezing, so I can't do this. But so Joel and Ellie are, like, in this, like, kind of bicker because she's lashing out. Like I said, she's a child, so she should be lashing out like she is. Mm-hmm. And Joel is kind of, like, I think he just doesn't remember what it is like dealing with a <laughs> a 13 14 year old mm-hmm. um because he's just like not talking to her in a way that is conducive to this fight he's just kind of like you don't get it you don't know what you're talking about even though like she overheard him say that like she he wants Tommy to take over taking her to the fireflies so in her eyes it is him just pawning her off on somebody else mm-hmm. and so i think that seems really important Especially with, like, what happens right after it, like, the next day. Because it is, like, a father and daughter fighting with each other. Because she, he's not listening to her and she's not listening to him. They're bickering in a way that is, like, neither, it's not helpful to either of them. But they also are, like, clearly two hurt individuals that are not quite sure how to talk to the other one without hurting their feelings. And I think... This scene in particular is fascinating because they don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, neither yeah. of them care if they've upset the other one. Yeah, it's just, like, really... Like, they're unleashing all of these emotions that, like, I feel like they've pent up over the past, like, three months while traveling together, you know? Like, Ellie, Ellie has abandonment issues. And in many ways, like, Joel also has that fear of of loss, you know? And they, they're pitting that against each other without actually knowing deeply the reason that that's happening. And, uh, and one of the things about the scenes, it's like one of the most well-known, well-loved biggest moments in the game. Cause it's kind of where their dynamic changes and they realize how much they need each other. Well, yeah, I think too, it is just kind of like before Ellie would say things like that to him and he, he knew she didn't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, and even though she, like, about his daughter, and, like, even though he doesn't know she, like, saw the thing about Sarah and knows about Sarah, I think him being around his brother, being around, like, a normal society with her having these panic attacks where he thinks he sees Sarah has made it just so it's, like, he's also 
while trying to be like, yes, I'm, I can't protect her. I can't protect this child. I'm supposed to protect, like I couldn't protect Sarah. I think he also is like being confronted with the idea that like, that's, this isn't my daughter. I'm, I didn't find a replacement. My daughter can't be replaced. Mm -hmm. And as much as he loves Ellie, I think he like is trying to combat that kind of guilt in thinking that he like, cause like he didn't replace Sarah, but he probably is like, yeah, I did kind of find somebody who I have to protect who reminds me of my daughter. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like that whole scene is just like, you can tell that there's a bunch of pain that neither of them know how to communicate to the other one. Mm -hmm. And so what comes out is just a lot of like lashing out. It's, it's not great <laughs> for them. I mean, it's a good scene, but it's not great for the characters that like that's kind of their emotion mm -hmm. in it. Yeah, I agree. It's like you said, Ellie is um, dealing with her own abandonment and like hearing that he wants to just leave her with somebody even if it is his brother who he's talked about and loves, mm -hmm. that is different, yes. I think, than if he actually talked to her about it. Granted, she doesn't give him the time. No, but I also, I do want to highlight, like, Bella Ramsey's performance in this scene, too, because she she makes it clear, like, in, in her own way, like, even though Ellie won't say it straightforward, Bella, her, everything she says is, like, I need you here. Like, I need you with me. I don't need anybody else. You're the person who's taking care of me. Um, you're that parental figure that I've learned to rely on. And if you're not consistent, then, like, what do I really have? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and so the the scene that is, like, the, the line that is from the game and is very, like, iconic, it's Joel saying you have no idea what loss is, which is also discounting this child's... Mm -hmm life and like what she's lost because he is projecting you know his own pain he's like yeah no you don't know what loss you have no idea what loss is obviously thinking about sarah but it's like you don't know what ellie lost yeah it's like neither of them are like listening to the other one they're just like you don't know about this and it's like well they do but neither of you are talking to each other instead you're just you're yelling your grief at the other one mm-hmm yeah. Um, so it results in them having a fight um, and basically being like, I'm not taking you. I don't want to go with you. Like, it's like such a childish way to end it. It's so upsetting because it's like you can tell where their pain is, but it is also so childish because they're both basically like, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to be with you anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and so the next morning, like, oh, he, Joel did tell Tommy why Ellie was so important. But he said, don't tell Maria. I would like, my head canon is that Tommy went home and instantly told Maria. But yeah. uh, that's my own little personal head canon that he was just like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to listen to my brother. I'm going to tell her anyway. Mm -hmm. um, that's his wife. He's going to know. Yeah, no, it's his wife. She's going <laughs> to, she's going to know. It's really sweet, actually. So, like, Tommy and Ellie go to the stables. They're getting ready, and Joel is there. And he says, oh, yeah, I was dressed getting a horse so I can leave. I was trying to steal a horse so I can leave. And Tommy's like, we would have given you one. And then he <laughs> goes, well, yeah, well, that was 30 minutes ago. And I've just been standing here. And then he said, he's like, because you deserve a choice. Which is one of those things where it's like, yeah, he realized her anger didn't come from the decision that he wasn't, in, like, he wasn't well enough to handle it. 
-hmm. It was that he didn't give her the time, the choice in the matter. He basically said, I'm not doing this. And she took it as abandonment versus like understanding the situation, which it didn't matter because she said, okay, here. And he's in the bag anyway. Yep. The, yeah, she didn't this- even like skip a beat. It was just like, all right, let's go. No. And I did like in this scene in particular, I really did love how uh, Tommy, like every time Joel was like, I'm going to steal this. Can I take this? I'm going to take this. Give me that. <laughs> Tommy's like, I already said you can have it. <laughs> and it's such a little sibling kind of reaction where it's like, your older, your older sibling is like, I'm asserting my dominance. No, you're <laughs> not doing this. You can't do that. And you're like, I don't care. Just take, like, go ahead and take the thing. Mm. I said, it's fine. <laughs> but it's so funny to watch them do it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I already said it was fine, Joel. <laughs> and he's like, tell Maria, it's like, it's cool. Just fucking go. I will yep. see you later. You know where to find me. Which then, like, they instantly get this gun and start wasting bullets. Um, <laughs> Joel decides that he is going to sh- teach Ellie how to shoot. You dick. <laughs> it's a good scene. Like, this again, this is, they spend time and we get to see them spending time like actually being comfortable with each other because now Mm -hmm. that they've had that confrontation, like now that they've had all their feelings out, they can actually accept the fact that like they're a unit and they're a family. And like, you know, he actively starts like raising her uh, in in these scenes. Yeah. Cause she's like, it's so cute. Cause she's like giving excuses as to why she missed (laughs) something or like whatever. Um, and he is just like, she's like, all right, if you're so good, you do it. And he instantly shoots the their target. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, you dick. <laughs> um, which is very funny. Um, and it leads them to a university with some monkeys mm-hmm. and some bad folk. Uh, you know, the fireflies are supposed to be where they, where they're, this place is, but uh, they instead find a bunch of a colony of monkeys uh, that has survived um, and they don't seem infected at all. So that's good for the monkeys. Um. <laughs> good for the animals in this world that they're all fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the monkeys want nothing to do with them. So they just kind of like run away. They're like, all right, see ya. But they're like looking for fireflies. Fireflies aren't there. Um, and while they're in the building, they see these um people coming and they like and they just basically start like they're like oh no we're gonna like these people are not going to just let us go this is they're gonna be raiders it's gonna be bad but they're trying to like stop them as they're like trying to get on the horse joel basically has to fight this guy and it turns and he it is revealed his stabbed 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 and i god i can't believe they stabbed him Oh no! It's my favorite. Oh my god! Come to my god! <laughs> it's it's it really is just like it's so sad because you're like oh my god, is Joel dead? And it's just I can't believe it died. 
He was like my favorite one. <laughs> Sometimes I'm funny. <laughs> He's like, oh shit, I'm stabbed. So they get on the horse, they're riding, and then Joel like falls off the horse. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get left. <laughs> yep, that's the last shot. And and then like you get to like the preview right after that, and it's like a full Ellie flashback. So you have no idea. Like we're gonna go through next week not knowing what happened to Joel. I mean, for anyone who hasn't played the game, you don't know what happens yeah. to Joel. I do, but I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah, if you played the game, you have an idea. But if you haven't played the game, he may be dead. Yep. Um, maybe maybe dead, maybe alive. Who's to say? Craig Mazin, like yeah, great dead hair, great dead face, just really great, great stuff. For somebody who's dead, you look great. Yeah, he's maybe dead. We don't know. Maybe died after seeing some monkeys, but that was episode uh, six of the Last of Us season one, titled Mm -hmm. "Kin." Uh, Overall, a good up. Good stuff. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I, I want to take a second to talk about like, you know, masculinity and emotion on TV is not something we often like get in such a sympathetic and like human way. And in this episode, we see Joel crack and like the the like the seams of his mental health start to fall apart. And that 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 facade that he puts on that says, I'm a tough guy. I have no emotions. Like, that just breaks, especially mm-hmm. when he's right in front of Tommy. When he's in front of this person who was there at the start, his brother, the man who he's spent, like, his whole life with up until, like, you know, D-Day. Um, and I think that, like, the the repetitive uh, moments that we see him experiencing this anxiety and, like, crying in front of his brother um, are, are are key to, I think, to, like, cracking this this like shell of of toxic masculinity on tv that says like you can't feel emotion and even with you when you're with people you trust like you have to be strong because you're the strong man in the in in this perspective or something like that and and i think like having that very human moment with joel and and pedro's performance there like i flashed back to when we had lauren ash on our episode uh for the mando um finale and and how she highlighted like the subtle acting of sadness that that he put out there and the subtle heartbreak that Mm -hmm. we see and how well he displayed that and i think that like this is another performance where like it wasn't subtle but like he tackled it very very well and like he made a lot of really good choices when it came to showing this like broken side of joel that like he didn't even want the rest of the world to see, but the moment he was in front of his brother, it all came crashing down. Yeah, and I think it's really just kind of a testament to like this. I think you could you could play Joel so easily as just like this tough guy who's like, oh, I gotta protect, mm-hmm. I'm protecting, but it's not that way. He his need to protect is rooted in the fact that he couldn't protect the one person he was supposed to. So it is. Everything that drives him is shattered by the idea of, like, masculinity because that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about that he literally held his daughter as she was dying. And it was never about protecting her in the first place. It was just, like, we all have to get out of here alive. Yeah. My brother and my daughter. It's just that he failed. And so now he's trying to not fail. And he keeps failing, though. He failed with Tess. 
Mm-hmm. He, even though it wasn't anything to do with him, he failed with Bill. He felt failed with Henry and Sam. And I think he just takes all of that onto himself instead of realizing that it's not his fault. And we see him break. It's acting with a trademark next to it. Yes, absolutely. Just a seller stellar performance all around yeah it's really good um and one of i do want to call this out too one of my favorite moments in the whole episode is when they go riding off together mm-hmm. um on the horse before they like get to the university and stuff and ellie rests her head on joel's back mm-hmm. and kind of just like one of those moments where it was like they are clearly getting more and more comfortable with each other mm-hmm. um and finding comfort in the fact that like they have each other and they have each other's backs and will look out for one another in a way that, you know, family does, even though yeah. they aren't actually family, they are in this sense. And it's really sweet to see, which is why it's so sad. Like when she's flipping out at the end because she thinks Joel is dying. She's like, yeah. you can't die on me. Especially like, I feel like in those, in that like five minutes of like semi montage, we see Joel smile more than like we've seen him smile all season like like i you you just kind of you feel that i don't know that sense of relief that like he realizes that he can accept ellie into his life and like he can mm-hmm. take on this challenge like he feels i feel like after getting all of those that out to tommy and having ellie specifically choose him and say like i want to be with you i want to go through this journey with you like, it just kind of pulls this, like, sense of relief over him. And he's, like, smiling and joking around. And it, he's, like, back to being the Joel he was in 2003 for a moment. Uh, and then he gets stabbed. <laughs> Stabity stab. Boop, boop. And then he gets stabbed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, genuinely good episode. Liked it a lot. Next is what is considered left behind in the game, mm-hmm. um, which is Ellie and Riley. So. Oh, my heart doing great on the motions um and so with that we get to debut a new video for our favorite time of the week stage 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 the stash on everybody's lips is gonna be pedro's um yeah, that picture was made exclusively so we could do Stash of the Week. Thank you, Saturday Night Live, for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to the pod. Uh, but, yeah, so I'll go first. My Stash of the Week is actually this lovely little smile he does mm-hmm. where he's in the bar with Tommy. And it's just, it's almost sinister, but it's also very sweet. Because he's just very clearly happy to be back with his brother. Yeah. It's good. It's a very good stash. Um, my stash of like is shotgun stash. I just love it. I love I love the windblown hair. I love uh the 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 adventure man look. Like it just it's a great stash. It's a top tier, top tier stash there. My follow-up stash is, oh my god, is he dog? <laughs> my second choice. My second choice is, oh my god, is he dog? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that was episode six, Ken. And 
yeah, it was great. Uh, as a reminder, guys, we have a merch store. So if you love our podcast and you want to support it, you too can wear shirts that say Tangent, own tote bags that say Padro Pascal, own a notebook that says Stash of the Week, or a sweatshirt that know. says Padro Pascal. With our names um, on it. With our names on it. Yep. Uh, Katrina, tell the people where they can find you. You can find me anywhere on the internet if you search for, uh, oh, it's over here. Oh, Katrina, O-H-C-A-T-R-I-N-A. Uh, I am uh, all over the place doing everything, um, primarily doing Padre Pascal. So come hang out. How about you, Rachel? You can follow me on Twitter at Rachel Leishman. You can follow me on Instagram at Rachel underscore Leishman. And you can see my work on the Mary Sue and Collider. Make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe. Um, tweet at us. Tell Pedro Pascal that we would love to have him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Follow our Instagram. It's starting yeah. to pop off. That's been exciting. Thanks to everybody who's yeah. followed us on Instagram and found us that way. Um, cause, cause yeah. Twitter's dying. We'll be honest. Twitter's dying. Like we, we got like a couple more months. It's a slow, embarrassing death. Um, hopefully Instagram will not follow it. Uh, but if you are following us on Twitter and not Instagram, please do both. We're also on TikTok. That's the thing we're doing. We are now on TikTok. Padre mm-hmm. Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, we're making TikToks because what else do we have to do? So much work. But we said, what if we made TikToks? Uh, uh, and yeah, so guys, until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Wait, no. Uh, bye. Bye. Bye.